midnight, bringing darkness instead of light. Great. Blood-sucking pretty much. Well, sometimes that is better. There's no turning back now. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the show. I am Blake. Uh, I didn't really plan for this long of a hiatus in between episodes, but I've just been really busy. Um, I was in Disney, and then I came back and just had tons of work to do. I've been working on a lot of new artwork, new stuff that I'm pretty excited about, and it just like eats up all of my nights, which is when I normally record. So I'm a couple weeks behind, but I'm hoping that now I'll be able to get back in the swing of it, start doing this more regularly like I used to and like the the plan for the show was. I try to do it weekly, but sometimes it just gets away from me. But here we are. I'm back. Some stuff to talk about. Um, honestly, not really a whole lot because there really haven't been that many horror movies to see. Uh, really hasn't been a ton going on. I mean, I kind of missed the boat on talking about the, the trailer for the new it movie, uh, chapter two. But I did want to say that I am very excited for that movie. I think the trailer was awesome. Um, it had a lot of, uh, a lot of scenes that I recognize from the book and, and things that I'm excited to see on screen in a modern version of, uh, of it. You know, there was, um, that opening scene of that trailer with, with Beverly in the house with the, the old woman is, is straight out of the books and it's, it's something that's really, really scary in the novel, and I'm, I'm really excited to see that on screen. And uh, I knew as soon as that scene came on that it was going to be scary, and it, and it really looks like they're doing it justice. Um, but, you know, with, with it, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, prefer the the first part of the story or, or the part that takes place when the Losers Club are kids because it's sort of like inter- dispersed in the in the book and a lot of people seem to enjoy those parts better and so it's interesting to see that since this version is split directly as kids versus adults how that'll go if if people are going to like it less than the first movie or maybe they'll really um you know impress us and and we'll like it even more but it's going to be it's going to be interesting and uh what makes this movie and the first movie so exciting is that the original version of it is the the Tim Curry version is very dated and it's exciting to see this amazing scary story with the the 2019 special effects and budget and and all of that you know this to me is the kind of movie that needed a remake unlike so many movies that they end up remaking that that don't need remakes you know this one kind of it felt necessary and felt like it made sense because I know a lot of people are nostalgic about the Tim Curry version and, and really love that version of it. But to me, I, I didn't really grow up watching it. It's sort of a little bit before my time. And so I don't really have any, any, you know, fond memories of it and, and watching it now. It, it's not really, it's not really a, an adaptation that holds up because it's just super dated. I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of the things that are supposed to be scary are kind of played off as jokes or like they just, it's hard to take them seriously because of how dated the movie is. But so, so that's why I'm excited to see this new version that 
doesn't have the limitations of that one. Um, and also just to to talk about it a little bit more, I am very excited about uh, to see Bill Hader as Richie. I think he is absolutely perfect casting, and I'm so excited to see him as that character as an adult. But I will say I'm still really not sold on James McAvoy. I just, I don't know, something about the character of Bill, I just, I, I don't know if it's just my own personal bias or, or whatever, but I just never, never pictured him as, as looking like James McAvoy. I pictured him way more like, I don't know, I don't know how to, like, wholesome, if that makes sense. Like, more like, like, for example, I, I really would have enjoyed if they had casted Patrick Wilson. Like, he has the look that I kind of mean when I say, like, like what I'm picturing Bill. And James McAvoy, I don't know, he's kind of like a little bit too gritty or, 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 maybe cool is the word. Like he's a little bit too cool for Bill's part, but you know, I'm not, I'm open to uh, giving it a shot. I'm just not quite sold yet. I haven't really seen the performance outside of very short clips of a trailer. So I can't say, but I don't know, not, not really there yet for me. And the final, the final thing just that I'll say about it is, is uh, I really loved seeing, I loved that the trailer kept Pennywise like in the dark a little bit and and it sort of waited until the very end before we really get a good shot of Pennywise it sounds kind of weird but it almost made me feel like nostalgic for a movie that's only a few years old like I've seen the first movie so many times that it excites me to see new footage of Pennywise so that's pretty much all I have to say about that trailer I'm very excited I think it was a great trailer and uh, the movie's gonna be awesome I'm, I'm really hyped for it so I don't really have any horror movies to talk about because I haven't seen any recently and there haven't really been a whole lot coming out because it's sort of like that summer blockbuster season. It's not really horror movie season quite yet. That's sort of like end of the summer and obviously around Halloween they, they usually pump out some shitty movies. But I did want to talk about this new monster movie, the new Godzilla King of the Monsters. I absolutely loved this movie. I absolutely loved the... 2014 version of Godzilla which this is a sequel to and uh, I actually didn't I'm sort of confused about people's opinion on that movie because it seems to be very split and I never really realized that until this new one came out where some people loved that Godzilla movie and think it was like amazing and and had such a great story and everything and then other people hated it for not having enough monster stuff but I I, I liked that one I liked the 2014 Godzilla. I rewatched it before I went to go see this new film, and I liked it just as much as I did when I first saw it. I, I really don't know what people's issue was with it, but on that note, I loved this new Godzilla movie, but it's been extremely divisive amongst, uh, I guess, critics, because I don't think fans is really the right word to use. So when it comes to monster movies, kaiju movies, slasher movies, creature features, whatever, any movie that involves some sort of cool non-human character, the biggest problem is always that they spend way too much time on the boring A-list actor human characters. Nobody cares about them. You watch a monster movie for one reason. The monsters. This is what you're watching the movie for. And this is why I think that the criticism of this film 
of King of the Monsters based on the human story and the human plot is not only stupid, but it just represents a fundamental misunderstanding of Godzilla movies and of monster movies in general. You know, the, the human story in this movie is dumb. There's no doubt about that. But the human story in every single Godzilla movie throughout history is dumb. It's always just been sort of like a narrative framework to to provide some sort of a cinematic story to a movie that's about giant monsters fighting. You know, it's never it's never really been something that stands out in a Godzilla movie. Truth be told, I cannot tell you the story of even one of the old Godzilla movies off the top of my head and I've seen all of them and I love all of them, but it's just not what you watch these movies for it's really really unimportant honestly and i think the only reason that there are human stories throughout the godzilla franchise is just to sort of have the movie be narrative in some way because that's sort of just the medium you know they're not trying to make some like experimental film that doesn't have a story so they figure out a way to sort of bring in some human characters and, and actors and, and frame these scenes of giant monsters fighting. And and the giant monsters fighting is really what you're there for. And you just kind of sit through the human story to get to that, you know? And I know it's become like this super, super overused phrase. And it's sometimes used as an excuse for bad movies, but... Godzilla movies are supposed to be fun movies. You're supposed to enjoy yourself watching them. You know, it's supposed to be like watching WrestleMania, not an Oscar drama or, you know, some movie that you're going to see for the characters and the story. And and to go in expecting something like that, it was never part of this franchise or the character to begin with, the character of Godzilla. And um, it just sort of shows that if that's what you're going into this movie wanting and expecting you're you're so out of touch right off the bat that I don't I don't see how you're ever going to enjoy this movie. My friend that I saw it with joked when we were on our way to the theater that the extent of the human characters that he's interested in is the movie opening up with the group of the A-list actors all standing and just turning and going, "Look, there's Godzilla," and that being it for them. That's all that we want to see. <laughs> That's what I care about with the human characters. I don't want to know their backstory. I do not care. Their story is unimportant. And like, so that just kind of shows you the mindset of somebody who's an actual fan of Godzilla coming into this movie. And I just think it's really stupid criticism of this movie. And, and it's looking to be one of those cases where the critics and, you know, the quote unquote film buffs clash pretty directly with um, the general fan base on the opinion of this movie, you know, I don't think that when it comes to film critics and, you know, people who are going into a movie looking for a perfect script and perfect characters, I don't think that a perfect Godzilla movie is ever going to exist in that regard. You know, this will happen every time they make a Godzilla movie. There will be fans who enjoy it and then critics who just really don't get it. And I think that's I think that's what's happening with this movie and, and why it's getting pretty negative to mediocre reviews because you're just getting reviews from people who really, not that they don't know what they're talking about because they're film critics, but 
it's just like with horror movies, it's actually a really good comparison to horror movies where some of the movies that are considered classics are movies that when they came out were pretty much universally panned by critics. I mean, you look at The Shining, you look at um, the first Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, all of these movies that came out and were like, everybody was saying they're awful, don't see them, these movies suck, and now they're, you know, they've stood the test of time far better than whatever drama they went up against in the box office that weekend, you know? So many forgettable movies are praised as being so great by critics who will then go see something like King of the Monsters and and tell you it's not good because the human characters are, you know, unbelievable or something like that. So maybe I'm biased because I am a big Godzilla fan, but I it just it I just think it's so stupid to see this kind of criticism and and to have it be taken seriously to the point where it's going to affect the box office where someone like me is now not going to be able to see another Godzilla film because these people who have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to this genre are going to tell you not to see the movie. So now that I'm done defending the movie, here's what made it so great and what I actually liked about it. Um, one thing that really, really stood out that right out of the theater I was talking about and thinking about was the soundtrack of this movie. It is incredible. There's one scene in particular that I can picture perfectly in my head because it's definitely my most memorable part of the movie. And it's a part where the old Godzilla Rises theme, which is from, it's been in the franchise for a long time. It blends into the original Godzilla theme and it was just so cool the way it was done. It was really, really cool and just a great homage to the entire franchise. And, and it was really a cool, like, not Easter egg, but a cool moment for fans. And I think that that moment actually perfectly showcased how well I thought this movie respected the fan base and respected the series. There are so many cool homages and callbacks to the old films. And it just really, I just really felt that this movie respected the entire franchise and it really tried to be a Godzilla film, you know, in a way that we haven't really seen in a long time because even the 2014 Godzilla film, which I did love, was still not a Godzilla film in the same respect as this one, if that makes sense. This one was very aware of what it was and, and it really called back to the later entries in the franchise, not so much the first one that is sort of a more serious film, but it definitely embrace the campier side of Godzilla and it I just thought it was a great a great it did a great job of that it was really it didn't feel forced it felt very respectful and so that was that was just a really cool thing to see as a fan like I said and beyond that I mean the fight scenes were amazing I really liked the character design in this movie it was cool to see these old characters come back and and actually look believable you know it's a lot harder than people realize I think to take Mothra for example from the old movies where it's you know this animatronic hanging from strings swinging across a, a miniature city and to take that and make it real and make it believable in these this more realistic world of this Godzilla film I think that that takes a lot of talent and it's not so easy as just you know mocking up a CGI model of Mothra they actually had to make 
these characters look like they existed in the real world without losing the elements of their character design from the originals to, you know, to the point where you're losing uh, the character. And that was something that the first film actually did a good job with in terms of introducing you to, you know, these giant monsters and stuff. I think if you're getting, you know, King Ghidorah right off the bat, it's a little bit much, but it was cool to sort of be eased into it with the first film that had these like original monsters that you didn't really have to focus on. Oh, what is that based on? What is that supposed to look like? And so it eased you into this movie where it's these recognizable characters that you've only really ever seen as guys in rubber suits and to see them be adapted as CGI monsters in a real world environment was really cool. They did a great job of that. And all of the fight scenes looked really cool. They 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 were really well done. Um, you know, I saw a lot of people complaining that every single fight scene is like raining and in the dark. But I think that a daytime battle between two giant CGI monsters might look a little bit silly. And maybe they didn't have the um, budget to pull that off in a believable way. So they sort of mask the CGI behind rain and, and darkness and stuff, but it wasn't to the point like um, that episode of Game of Thrones where you couldn't see anything. It was tastefully done, and I, I didn't even really notice it that much. You know, it didn't bother me at all to see that. I, I think it was well done. And um, just beyond that, I thought that the overall uh, like lore and how they tie in all of the monsters and and lead up to these battles and, and even lead up to more of the series with the uh, Godzilla versus King Kong that's coming. I thought it was well done. Uh, people are complaining about the writing about the human characters, but I think the writing was pretty good in, in terms of a Godzilla movie. You know, it's believable that these characters are coming together and fighting and, and it sort of lays out, you know, that Godzilla is like the the like alpha predator and, and Ghidorah is like this alien uh, being that came to Earth and that's why they have to fight. And it, it just to me it worked and even though it's a little bit ridiculous I think that that's part of the charm of the Godzilla franchise is that it's a little bit ridiculous and it's fun and it's wild so <laughs> you know that was that was good I, I enjoyed that I think they did a good job of making this film believable and making these fights mean something within the world of the film so that about wraps up my thoughts on Godzilla King of the Monsters. Like I said, if if you are a Godzilla film a Godzilla film fan, you should go see this movie because I think that you'll really enjoy it. If you enjoy literally any of the old Godzilla movies, you will probably like this movie. And you should know right off the bat that the human story is dumb. The human story in every Godzilla movie is dumb. So don't expect something different in this one. Or you're going to be disappointed because you're seeing the wrong movie if that's what you're here for. You know, go see the Elton John movie if you're looking for deep characters and this drama and things like that. That's not what you should go see Godzilla for. You should go see Godzilla because you want to see giant monsters fight each other. And if you do that, you're going to have a good time. So this is a little bit of a shorter episode. I know, like I said not a whole lot of movies to see or talk about really lately. And I kind of missed the boat on a couple of things. You know, I would like to dive into the monumentally disappointing ending of game of Thrones, but 
Um, I'm sure you've heard it all by now. You've seen all the YouTube videos. People have been talking about it for long enough now that I don't really need to touch on it here because I don't have much to add other than that. It was really, really bad. <laughs> and I'm really disappointed to see such a, such a important show come to such a terrible ending. You know, that show was really a cultural phenomenon the same way that last time I talked about the Avengers and how in the opposite vein, it was amazing to see this cultural phenomenon be wrapped up. Game of Thrones was sort of the polar opposite of that, where it was really disappointing to see it end that way. So I won't go into that too deep. Um, and that's about it. That's pretty much it for this episode. Like I said, it's a little bit of a short one. I'm going to try to get back into the groove of things, you know, try and do this more frequently. I cannot promise that it will be every single week, but I'm going to try. If I have something to talk about, I'll hop on here and do an episode on it, no matter how short it is. So thanks for listening. This has been fun. I'm, I promise I'm not going on another three-week hiatus. And uh, I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Sam Hain. It means the Lord of the Dead. The end of summer. <laughs>